Well, good morning, Edinburgh. Hey, it's great to be here with you this morning. And uh, if you're a guest with us, I, I want to give you a warm welcome. We are uh, so glad that you're here. Um, if you're watching online, glad you are tuned in as, as well. Today we're going to wrap up a series we've been in called The Promise. We've been studying the Holy Spirit together. But before we, we do that, I want to tell you what's coming up next week. Next week we're going to kick off uh, a spiritual warfare series called Taking Ground. And uh, some of you might be thinking, hey, didn't earlier in the year we do like an Armor of God series? And yes, we, we did. That was more of how do we armor up and be defensive against uh, our spiritual enemy. The Bible tells us we have a spiritual enemy, that our battle is not ultimately against flesh and blood. Uh, but this series we're going to get into next week is more how do we go on the offensive? How do we take ground? Uh, you know, some of us are dealing with issues right now, uh, problems in our lives right now. It might be problems in our marriages. It might be uh, problems in our homes with our children. It might even be sometimes health problems and sometimes even psychological problems that there is not going to be an answer for that in this world. Sometimes it is a spiritual problem that we have to address. That is what the scriptures teach. And so next week, uh, we're, we're going to start talking about how do we start pushing back that darkness and bringing the light of Jesus, because the good news is Jesus has already given us the victory. But we've got to learn how to step into that victory and push back that darkness and bring light where light is needed. So church, it's time to go on the offensive for the sake of your own mind, for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of your children. And for the sake of our community, I want to encourage you to be part of that series as we as a church learn how to start taking ground with the light and the victory of Jesus Christ. So that starts next week. Uh, this uh, morning, though, I am wrapping up the Promise series where, like I said, we've been studying the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do today is just uh, answer the question, now what? Right? We've been in the season of studying the Holy Spirit, but where do we go from, from here? Uh, I remember when my son, Logan, was playing flag football. Uh, he, 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 this is just when he was a little guy, you know, little guys out there on the field trying to figure it all out. But the quarterback says, says Hut, gets the ball, steps back, and even throws a beautiful pass. To another one of his teammates. But this teammate catches the ball, and you could see instantly the confusion on his face. He did not know which way to run. Was he to go towards his own end goal, or was he to go the other way? Well, he chose to go the other way, and he starts running, and right, he can hear some of the parents say, turn around, you're going the wrong way. Turn around. But then he can hear the other parents say, keep running. Keep running. And just about the time, you know, he got past the quarterback, running towards the wrong end zone. He gets so confused, he has no idea what to do. He takes the ball, he runs over to the sideline and hands the ball to his mother. Okay? And that's how it ended. It was adorable. But friends, I, I don't want us to be that kind of church where we don't know where our end zone is where we don't know where we are 
headed. And so this morning, that's my hope, is to say, hey, church, this is where we're going from here. This morning, I'm going to share with us four objectives that I believe God has revealed to me. I, I hope you will see that these are from the Lord. These are, these are all biblical. Um, and, and, and where I believe God is saying we need to go as, as a church. But before I, I jump into that, I want to read the scripture that we, we kicked off this series with, which was um, Acts 1, where we learn about the birth of the, the, the church. And so I'm going to start by just reading Acts 1 for us. Verse 1, we read, in my former book, Theophilus, now this is Luke writing the book of Acts, the same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he is writing to this man, Theophilus, and he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After his giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, and I want you to notice that, even Jesus in his humanity uh, operated by the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, other scripture says he was given the Spirit without measure. Wow. Wow. Uh, I would like to be given the Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, without measure. But if Jesus was given the Holy Spirit and had to operate by the Holy Spirit in his humanity, how much more do you and I need to be power and equipped by the Holy Spirit? It says, after his suffering, he presented himself to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was indeed alive. He had been resurrected. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, notice that. He spoke about the kingdom of God. We don't often use that language in the church, but this is how Jesus spoke. This is the language Jesus talked. He talked about the kingdom of God. And if you remember, we talked about this early on in the series. We said that the kingdom of God is an already but not yet reality. That because Jesus has come, the kingdom of God is already here. That's the good news. The kingdom of God is already here. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God, which now is alive and lives through who? You and me, the church. But there's also the not yet. Yeah, that's the already, the kingdom is already here, but there's also the not yet, which says, in, until Jesus comes back, it, it's never going to be perfect, because the darkness is always trying to get in, the darkness is always pushing back. And so it's never going to be perfect, but as the church, our, our main primary objective is to push back that darkness and, and, and bring the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom of God, wherever we go. Okay, and that's why we pray, Lord, your, your will be done here, here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see as much and experience as much of heaven on earth as we can possibly get. I want as much of the already as I can get. Amen? Anybody else? So we read that on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. Now I want you to underline that. Don't leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. What is this gift that Jesus is talking about? It says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with what? Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week, the difference between John's baptism and Jesus' baptism. 
the baptism where we, ex- we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, which begins to change us and change our lives from the inside out. But I want you to notice something key here. Notice that Jesus told the disciples to wait. I mean, these disciples, we we often give them a hard time for being uneducated fishermen and things like that, and to some degree that's true, but they just had the best seminary education you can possibly get. Three intensive years walking side by side with Jesus Christ, and yet you would think Jesus would say, okay, so start ministering right away. Go out and start telling other people about me. Go out and be my witnesses. And that is not what Jesus does. He says, wait. Wait. Why? Well, verse 6, it says, then they gathered around him, the disciples. They don't understand all this. And they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? But he said to them, is it not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Why is he telling them to wait? Because if you try to go out in your own strength, you will accomplish absolutely nothing. You must wait for the Holy Spirit to give you power to empower you supernaturally. Are we a supernatural believing church? I would just ask that question. Or are we living in the natural? Trying to do things in our own strength, trying to do things by our our own efforts without the help of the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you, if we do, we will accomplish absolutely nothing eternal. The power comes from God. The power comes from the Holy Spirit that we have been baptized into, which baptized us into the church, uniting us in Jesus Christ. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the ministry he's given us, which is to do what? To be his witnesses. That's the mission, to be his witnesses. So how do we do this as a church? How do we do this? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about today. How do we fulfill this mission. Again, I'm going to get into four objectives, uh, but I want you to kind of understand the process that I've been in. I've been in this process where I've seen God doing something. I've sensed God is doing something here at Edinburgh Church. Um, Every week when I'm preparing messages, God's putting like new things on my heart and kind of just pushing me a little bit more in in a certain direction uh, as I I prepare uh, these messages. Uh, and so I've seen what he's doing. I've seen what he's done with some signs and wonders around this place. And, um, but, but, but I've struggled. I've struggled to get my arms around that. I've got to be honest with you. I, I, I've struggled to know, God, I sense you're doing something, but I don't know how to articulate it. I don't know what it is exactly, and I don't know how to communicate that to your people um, and so it's been in, I've been in this like, almost like wilderness season where I'm just like waiting, God, where are you taking us? Where are we going? And, and last week, I just got to tell you, God just, boom, he just hit me. And he just revealed these objectives to me. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been struggling with this for, 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 for months now. And, and ever since even going into COVID. But then it was in a period of 10 minutes, he just, boom, it's like, boom, here it is. This is what I want you to communicate. 
And I'll leave it to you to decide again if this is from the Lord. You know, man is fallible. I'll be the first to admit that. But I truly, in my heart of hearts, church, I want you to hear me say, I believe it was God that revealed these four objectives to me, giving me clarity on where we need to go as a church. So before I jump into that, though, I know I keep saying that. I I, want to start by talking about why are these four objectives necessary, okay? They're not necessarily going to be new for us as a church. They're things that I have talked about, Um, but they're going to be highlighted as we move forward. So why? Why do we need to highlight these four new objectives that we're going to begin focusing on and strategizing around? Well, here's, here's the first reason I would give you. The first is because culture has changed. Am I the only one who has noticed this? This is not the same world that we are ministering to pre-COVID. This is a different environment. Uh, The ministry has changed. The people I am ministering to and the needs and the desires have changed. This this is a different world that um, we we find ourselves as a church ministering into than it was uh, a little over a year ago pre-COVID. And one of the things I just got to tell you that I'm seeing that I have never seen before in my, my, my ministry is, is, is the intensity of spiritual warfare um, as, it, as it has been. Okay. Um, I mean, we've had people come into this church and recognize that and say, hey, I need, I need people from this church to come over and pray uh, darkness out of my home. And uh, we sent a team to do that. Um, uh, I remember uh, somebody showing up on our doorstep, a family showing up on our doorstep and saying, um, I need you. I was, I was the only one in the building that day. And so I opened the door and, I, and it says, I need you to do an exorcism on my family right now. That was the request. And um, so I started asking just some questions. And, and, start, and as I'm asking these questions, this young boy, he's got an old tattered Bible. He rips a page out of the Bible and starts twisting it on the ground in front of me. I'm like, let's pray, okay? Um, Jesus, help, okay? Uh, so he starts taking a rock and marking up one of our columns. Uh, I, I, friends, I, I've never seen stuff like this. Um, and it has been very felt. And many of us have felt that darkness trying to enclose itself around us and in us. Um, uh, Pastor Bob leads a ministry, you should know about this, it's called CV Outreach, where people in our region who need help for something but don't know where to turn or what to do, they can, they, they can go online and they, they, they let this website know what their issue is, and then it, it shoots it out to pastors, and Pastor Bob is one of those pastors. And he would tell you he's never seen the request coming in like we have seen over the last year. Uh, clearly, suicide, depression, those kinds of things are, are, are at all-time highs uh, as, as a culture. And so this is the ministry, friends. Now, those things might sound extreme um, to some of us, but I just want to remind us the darkness is always, we have this spiritual enemy who's always trying to get in. And so as we're seeing that happen, we're recognizing our ministry must change to, or, or, or we're going to be powerless against what's happening. And, and so when culture changes, listen, our beliefs don't change. Our values don't change. Our values to grow in a relationship with Jesus, to 
unleash compassion and to impact the world. In fact, I would argue these four objectives are going are to do that more brilliantly. The mission certainly doesn't change to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But the objectives in the strategies have to change to minister to where the need is. So this is the first reason I believe that we have got to change our objectives and our strategies. It's because culture itself has changed. Jesus said, you know, when you have new wine, you need new wine skins, okay? And so this will be one of the reasons we change uh, up our strategies moving forward. Okay, the second reason, though, is because God is doing something at Edinburgh Church. So that might have sounded a little bleak, what I just shared with you, but I'm actually excited for what I see God doing because God is doing something incredible at Edinburgh Church that I cannot deny. You know, I, I've told this story many times. It, it starts from even going back to the beginning of this year where God just hit me with, hey, I, I, I'm going to do signs and wonders this year, and I want you to tell your E-team. So I sat down. I said, hey, team, God's telling me we are going to see signs and wonders this year. Fast forward like a week and a half later, a guy across the street comes over, starts running around our building, telling us our building's on fire. And we've got now the staff running around the building looking for this fire. We've got uh, Terry up on the roof looking for this fire. There was no fire. And, you know, there were still some, some leaves from fall on the trees, even though this was January, and there was a sunset. And we thought maybe he was just seeing the sunset hit these leaves. I mean, but it started to, like, is something happening here? Is this part of those signs and wonders? And then after that, boom, we just started seeing all kinds of healings happening as a church, including myself. I, for those of you who were here a few weeks ago, I don't wear glasses anymore. And so God just started doing something in it that I cannot deny, something that has been powerful. And we've seen life change happening. We've seen chains being broken. We've seen strongholds that people were living in, people being freed from those. And so God is clearly on the move in church. What an opportunity for us to say, hey, God, <laughs> we want to partner with you. Amen? Because, listen, I could sit down and give you a good business plan moving forward. I could sit down and tell you what Brent Hall wants to do. But I didn't want that. I want, God, what do you want? I'm willing to follow you. I'm willing to follow your lead. What are you trying to tell us? And it has put me in a tough spot. But I've waited upon the Lord, and I believe he's given me these objectives we're going to talk about this morning. I want to do what God wants us to do. He's the quarterback. And so I want to run his place. But he's doing something new in this church, and that leads to this third reason I believe this change is going to be needed. is because God is, if you can't tell, he is doing something in your pastor. He is doing something in my life, friends. I have never been in a season of ministry like I am in. I am, I'm telling you, I am filled with the Spirit of God. And it is manifesting itself in all kinds of ways in my life. And by the way, when that happens, we are supposed to tell others. This is not me putting myself on a pedestal. This has nothing to do with me. This has to do with what God is doing through you, through this church family, in my life. And we overcome the enemy, how? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm going to tell you what God's doing in my life. 
He has filled me, friends, with his spirit. So let me just give you an example. This just happened this past couple weeks. So I have one hobby in this world, okay? One hobby. I'm not a very exciting guy. My hobby was my electric bike. I got a little electric bike. I let me ride around on this thing, okay? It's got pedal assist. It's got a motor in it. So when you start, it actually does the pedaling for you, even though it looks like you're pedaling. And it's just enough to trick your brain to think you're actually doing some exercise. And I would ride around on this thing. I mean, I would go everywhere with this thing. I rode it just about every single day, um, starting in the spring, okay? That's my one hobby. That's why I, well, come out in my garage uh, last week. Somebody stole my electric bike out of my garage. And, you know, normally... I know, I know myself well enough to know that I would normally, I would be really upset by that. Like, that would really bum me out. And to some degree, it did, because I've been having to do a lot of walking. <laughs> I think that might have been part of God's providence in all this. <laughs> Actually doing some exercise these days. But, um, but, but that's not where my heart went. And that's not where my heart's been living. You know where my heart's been? Honestly, I have found myself feeling sorry for and praying for the person who stole my bike. And I've been praying for them. Now, don't get me wrong. It's been prayers like, God, save their wretched, shriveled up soul. All right? <laughs> but I have found myself caring about this person because many of you know I come out of drug use and there was a season in my life where I was stealing things for drugs and I, I remember the damage that stealing things, what it, what it did to my soul. And I found myself actually having compassion for this person who stole. And it's more about them than it is even about my bike. Friends, that's God doing something in my life that I cannot ignore or deny. Just the fruit that, that has been born in, in, in my life and my family is getting to, to be blessed by that. And I hope you are too, um, even though I know I can, I can get a little passionate at times, I, you know, it's, it's because I, I can't help but get excited for what, what God is doing in my life and, and here at this church. Okay, but here's, here's one last reason. Uh, I, I, I think we're ready for it, church. What I'm going to present to you today is going to be more challenging than where we've been. I think we are ready to step into some hard things. I think we are. I think it's time. And I think you're ready for it, okay? Uh, God, God is going to ask us to step into some, some hard things at times, and, and we need to be ready. So, so here are going to be the four um, objectives that are going to become kind of like primary objectives for our ministry that we're going to strategize around. I'm calling it beyond because we are going to be moving beyond four things, Four things, okay? Here, here's the first thing we're going to be moving beyond. We're going to be moving beyond the walls. This is the church on mission. Church, I believe it's time for us to move beyond our church walls, doing ministry out, out there. Now, Listen, Jesus had two overarching kinds of strategies for ministry. First, Jesus had a come and see ministry. 
And, and this was where people would hear about Jesus or be invited to come meet this Jesus. They would come and sit down, hear Jesus' teachings. Jesus would pray for them. There's a come and see. We've had a great come and see ministry. And that's not going to change because guess what? Each and every week there are incredible things happening in this church. I love our come and see ministry where we get to pray for people, see chains broken in people's lives. Amen? So we've got a powerful come and see ministry. That's not going to change. But we're going to add to it now the second strategy of Jesus, which was a go and tell. You see, Jesus also knew that not everyone was going to come and see. Jesus knew that some people were going to hear about him but say, I don't care enough to go actually meet this Jesus. So he was going to go to them. So he traveled throughout the region, traveled throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other parts to tell people about the kingdom of, of God. And so that's, that's going to be one of the things that, that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get passionate about as a church. It's, it's not just the things God is doing within these church walls. It's the things God wants to do outside of these church walls, in your neighborhoods, in your workplace, in, in our community. And maybe that's a, a little intimidating, and I would argue that to, to some degree it, it can be, but... I've, I've learned something, and this is what God is really putting on my heart. He's saying, what if we just started praying with more people? Praying for people, but also praying with people. Church, just tell me, why, why can't we do that? All of us have different spiritual gifts, but every one of us can pray with people. And, and I've maybe in my lifetime had one person refuse prayer. Most people will, will welcome gladly you praying for them if you offer. I mean, I remember one time even an atheist who was going in for back surgery, and he was a little scared to be going under, and I just said, hey, can I, can I pray for you? He said, yes, you can pray for me. So I prayed for him. He had never had anyone pray for him before. It was weird for him. He actually, while I was praying, started walking away from me. He couldn't get very far because of his back, but he was, and so I actually had to follow this guy around a garage praying for him. But when I said amen, you know what he knew? This person loves me. This person cares about my soul. That's what it's about, friends, helping love reach its destination. And by the way, when his wife passed away from cancer, who do you think let, he let do the funeral? And it's not because I'm a pastor, it's because he saw that there was somebody who cared for his soul. That's what we got to be about, a church that helps love reach its destination. And I'm telling you, one practical way we could do that is just by being more willing to pray for people. Pray with people. When you come across a need, when God prompts it, when you see that there's somebody who could use some prayer, hey, can I just say a quick prayer for you? I'd love to pray for you. And I'm telling you, for most people, 99% of people, it's going to communicate a love to them. And isn't that what we want? All of us can do that. And who knows what doors that might open up for then being able to tell people and witness and tell them about Jesus. Okay, so this is going to be moving beyond our walls. That also includes things like uh, missions. Uh, God is renewing a passion in me for missions. We've got that Guatemala trip coming up. I know some of you are going to be attending that meeting after service today. Excited for those of you who are going to be a part of that trip. Okay, we're going to be offering 
potentially classes on evangelism and things that can help you better witness to others. But this is going to be one of our major objectives beyond our walls, the church on mission. Okay, the second objective is beyond our natural abilities. This is the church empowered and equipped. Okay, you notice again, going back to Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Um, friends, I want to help us as God's people to be able to go beyond our natural powers and uh, uh, abilities. I, I want us to be walking in supernatural power and, and abilities. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for us. Why couldn't we be a church that lives and does ministry the same way we read about it in the scriptures. Doesn't it seem like that's what should happen? <laughs> you know, we had uh, the prayer and worship night last Sunday, and uh, I'm going to protect her identity, but let's, let's call her Sherry. There was a woman named Sherry who spoke at it and, and shared. There was some sharing time. And she's from Kenya, and she was over here, I don't know, for the last couple months or so. She just left to go back to Kenya uh, this week. Um, but she's been a part of our church family and experiencing what we've been seeing here. And her word to us was, expect God to do great things. That was her word for us. Be expectant of what God wants to do in your church, what he wants to do in you and through you. Because she said in Africa, we live with that kind of mentality and we see it. And then after the, the prayer and worship night, she came and she talked to me. She hung around, and she shared with me this story that she gave me permission to tell, but Sherry has the gift. She's one of those people who just has the gift of healing, and she's seen it multiple times uh, over, over in Kenya, and this, she was a part of this Christian group. This, this man showed up for some reason. He was a Muslim man named Muhammad, shows up, and she says, hey, do you want to hear about this Jesus that we, we love and worship? Would you want to receive this Jesus into your life? And he said, uh, I'm a Muslim. I, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. Well, she noticed a, a catheter sticking out of his arm. She asked him about it. It turns out that night he was going to have an MRI done uh, because there was something going on with his head. So he had some kind of medical issue. So Sherry said, uh, if I pray for you and, and you experience healing, would you consider giving your life to this Jesus? He said, well, I'm a Muslim. I don't want anything to do with Jesus, but... If I were to experience healing, I think I'd start following this Jesus. So she prays. Doesn't hear anything back that night, even though he said he would call. So she ends up calling his house the next day. Grandma picks up. And she said, the first thing grandma says to her is, what did you do to my son? Referring to her grandson. He has been healed. Friends, I think I have a picture this is her leading Muhammad to Jesus. When did we stop believing in the Bible? <laughs> in the power and the equipping that it promises us? Did the, did the apostles go out powerless? They went out with power. And I'm telling you, the same work that God was doing in the first century, he wants to do in his church Today. Now, that might be an extreme case, and few of us are there, right, where we're ready to start praying for healings and 
things like that. But here's what I, I, wanted, I want you to know. That as we move forward, we're going to start offering some more opportunities. I'm not going to pressure any of you into it, but more opportunities for you to start learning more about these things. Okay, classes that are going to help you practically learn how you can do some of these things. We're going to continue to offer, uh, offer our, our foundations class. Pastor Josh teaches those where we teach you basic theology that helps ground you in the word. But we also want to start teaching you some of these spiritual classes that are, that are going to teach you how to practice some of the things we read about in the Bible. And so the first one we're planning on in the fall is going to be, how do I better recognize the promptings of God in my life? Does that sound like an exciting class to take? That I could learn better how to hear the voice of God in my life and to communicate with God? Isn't that kind of what we mean by a personal relationship, by the way? It sounds to me like that's what we should be doing. <laughs> All right, so we want to help you do that. So we're going to be offering classes, and then after that, the next one we're planning is one on intercessory prayer. How do we learn to go into that spiritual realm and fight? Have you learned your pastor likes to fight? We got to go into that place and we're going to fight. We're going to fight for our children. We're going to fight for our marriages. We're going to fight for our community through intercessory prayer. Friends, that's something we got to learn how to do. And what if Edinburgh Church became known as the church that prays? Could we become known as the church that prays for people outside of our walls, prays for people inside of our walls, where we are seeing God's power at work? Who doesn't want that? It's what's promised to us. By Jesus himself. And so these are just, they're gonna, you're going to start seeing more opportunities. How to grow in these things. I'm not asking anyone to jump into the deep end. Okay, at this point. But what I am saying is, here's the pool. Would you be willing to at least step into the shallow end and say, yeah, I'm willing, I'm interested in learning more about these things I, I read about in God's word. Because I want to do ministry and make my life count by going beyond my natural abilities empowered by the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised me. Okay, friends, I, I'm, I want to help you. I want to help us to be that kind of church, all right? Here's the third objective, beyond our seats. This is the church serving others. And some of you are going, this was such a great message. And then you started talking about serving. But friends, this is what we are called to do. You and I are called to serve others and to be a part of a body that builds up the church. Jesus himself said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to what? Jesus came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. You and I were called as Christians to serve one another. And it's time, church, it's time for us to move beyond our seats and to get involved in some way, in some shape, some form here at Edinburgh Church. If you are a mom and dad with kids in our children's ministry, I am kind of looking to you to say, hey, it's time to step up and at least start serving once a month. That, that is not unreasonable. A couple weeks ago, friends, we had 77 kids in just Tammy's area. What are we doing to have so many children? Well, I guess I know what we're doing to have so many children around here, okay? But listen, it is, we have a lot of kids coming our way. We don't want to just do childcare. We want to do ministry. And we cannot do ministry unless we start stepping up and, and serving these little ones. 
And, and listen to the blessing that Jesus gives us if we'll do that. This is from Mark 9. He said, anyone, Jesus said, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. Wow. When we serve children, friends, it's like we receive more of the heart of Jesus himself and God our Father. Who wouldn't want to be a part of these little kids' lives? So listen, if you have kids in our children's ministry, I don't think it's unreasonable for me to start asking you, hey, get off the sideline, get involved. And that's true for all of you. I want to just challenge you. There is something here at Edinburgh Church for every single one of us to do that can help build up the church, okay? Here's the last one, last objective, beyond our masks. The church and authentic community. Church, it's time. It's time to move beyond our masks. Let me ask this question. Are we a church? Are we a family? I want you to know there's love here. This is a place where it's okay to be real. This is a place where it's okay to say, hey, I have a struggle. If you have struggles in your life, if you have challenges in your life, if you have problems in your life, I, I just want to say, hey, well, welcome to the club. I'm, I'm your lead pastor, and I need lots and lots of prayer. And this has got to become a place where we're willing and, and, and open to saying, hey, I've got a need. Would you pray for it? Because I want to come into the light. Because that's where Jesus operates, friends. He operates when we come into the light. When we're vulnerable. And I started asking myself this question, why don't we do that? Why aren't we willing to be vulnerable? And I think the answer is this. The answer is, as I've, as I've thought about it, you know what? Churches, unfortunately, become hotbeds for shame. And people become very scared and very worried because they're afraid they're going to be shamed. Shame will not exist here. Shame is of Satan, friends. It should not be in God's church. And I have this spiritual gift of running people who like to shame others off. It is a spiritual gift that God has given me. And I want to practice that spiritual gift even more moving into the future. Because if you're going to be a person who shames, judges others, Edinburgh isn't for you. I'm sorry. I love you. But don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you. Because this is going to be a church where we are willing to take off the mask and be vulnerable. And we can't do it if you're going to judge. And so I want to help us become a people who say, no, I'm willing to come down for prayer. I'm willing to ask for help when I need help. And friends, have you not seen what's happening with our prayer ministry over the last several months? Have you seen? We had people a couple weeks ago waiting over 30 minutes to have somebody pray for them. And chains are being broken as a result because people are stepping into the light. We got to be a church that's willing to move beyond, move beyond our masks. This is church in authentic community. I want to be a part of that church. Do you? I want to help us get there. I want to help you. I want to help you get there. Where you, where you say, hey, I have a prodigal. I need prayer. I'm struggling with pornography. I need prayer. Hey, my marriage is falling apart. I need prayer. This is the church for you. This is a hospital, friends. That's why we come. Because we have Jesus and he's the answer. 
So this is where we come. I'm going to end with this passage from Matthew 14. Listen to this. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Peter. And Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Friends, what I'm calling us into, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like we're stepping out of the boat. And I'm asking you, would you be willing to step out of the boat with me? To say, Jesus, it's a little scary down there, but I'm willing to step out on, uh, uh, of this boat and, and to trust you. And let me ask you this question. As we move forward with these four objectives, are the winds going to come? The winds will come. And it will be scary at times. And we will wonder, how am I going to possibly minister to people outside of these walls? We will wonder, how am I going to live beyond my own natural abilities? And is any of this real? And is any of this stuff in the Bible true? We're going to wonder if we have what it takes to serve around here and to get involved. And some of us are going to struggle to take off our masks. But friends, here's what I'm telling you. When those winds come, we don't put our eyes on the wind. We put our eyes on Jesus. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, even if we sink a little, guess what? He's going to be there to grab our hand and walk with us every step of the way. That's what I'm inviting us into, church. I don't believe these are my four objectives. I believe these are Jesus' objectives. And he's saying, hey, will you come out to me and can we walk together? Are we willing to get dangerous? Are we willing to get brave around here? Are we willing to get a little bolder? I'm telling you, it's when we do that, that we will experience Jesus in new life-giving ways. You will be blessed, and so will the world around us. May we be that kind of church. Lord Jesus, we look to you this morning. We say, Jesus, we love you. We're willing. Help us. Give us the faith we need. Some of us this morning, we just need faith to believe. And just so Jesus just... Just breathe your faith into us and fan that flame of the Spirit that we might be able to step into these objectives united as a church, recognizing that every single place, person in here has a place where they can serve and accomplish this mission you've given us, God. And my prayer really is that we would do it together. We would humble ourselves before you, get out of the boat, and do life with you. So Jesus, thank you for revealing these things to us and help us to move forward with power, the power of your spirit. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.